Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I am your badly dubbed German host, Javier. <laughs> and, uh, all right, originally we were going to do Jurassic Park this week, but we ended up making a shift on the schedule since Jurassic Park is coming to Netflix next week. And we know that a lot of our listeners, you know, we like to do what we can to make sure that we're reviewing movies that are on streaming platforms. And Oh, yeah, friend of the show, Eddie, uh, pointed out that he watched Tammy and the T-Rex on YouTube, which he found for free. Nice. So I know a lot of folks do tend to like the, to, to watch the movies uh, either before or after they listen to the review. I've also been told I'm a terrible person for reviewing Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> and that anyone that watched that movie as a result of the episode, apparently I should apologize. No, you fucks, you suffer with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, this is so after Tammy and the T-Rex, this is really week two that we're, I mean, this movie is on Shudder, but it's also on YouTube as well. The only problem with the YouTube version that's been uploaded is it's missing the theme song. It, you know what's re- really first of all that's weird because that the, is so the song, weird the theme song is super non-licensed this, the theme song fucking slaps hard i mean if and you uh, i can't shit, get it out I of do. my head i mean eventually all synth music just turns into the halloween theme for me <laughs> the music to this you know what it actually reminds me more of it really reminds me more of freaks come out at night by houdini than, than it does of anything from another horror movie I watched it for the very first time like two or three months ago. Uh, it was because I was going back into the archives for the te- for the uh, Shutter show, The Last Drive-In. And uh, Demons was one of the episodes that they did, I guess, last season on this show. Um, it was really good. I, I you know, I-, I was impressed by how much, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I was impressed by the movie overall, and I really liked it, but... Um, I knew that I wanted to talk about it on this show at some point. I'm just surprised it happened so quickly. So this is only the second time that I've watched it in like the past two or three months. Um, so just a heads up for our viewers who are trying to track down demons or demoni in its original Italian uh, translation, I guess. Uh, one thing, I don't know if Angel experienced this, but I had a problem tracking this movie down on Amazon. It's super weird if you have an Amazon app, whether it's for your TV or for me, for my PlayStation 4, because uh, I'm just a grown-ass like adult that loves video games. <laughs> it, for some reason, it was just so hard to find. And the only version of Demons I could find was with, uh, with like, a t- I think it was Tubi. Like, it came with a Tubi subscription. Uh, otherwise, I had to rent it for, like, four bucks, which, I mean, I could do, but I really didn't feel like it when I should get it for free. However, when I go into actual Amazon, like the Amazon website, you can actually stream it. It shows that it's, it comes with your Prime subscription. It shows it comes with your Shutter subscription. For some reason, it just doesn't show up in the app. So if you guys are having trouble with that, I don't know, blame Amazon. Like, go after Jeff Bezos. Like, just go show up to his house and just shit on his front lawn or something. I don't know. Do that one for me. But, um, yeah, my experience with this movie is very simple. Angel was like, hey, I want to review this movie. I really think you're going to like it. And I was like, I don't know, man. You say I'm going to like a lot of things. I don't know if I really do. And then we watched it, and we watched it for this episode. And I'm like, 
this is a hobby movie. <laughs> this is definitely a hobby movie. And I think the best part is like, Angel, you were super excited to like tell me about this movie and you were super excited to get me to watch this movie. And I definitely did not put up much of a fight to watch it. Yeah, I'm excited that this is going to be our first time really having a conversation about this, period. You know, because, you know really off, cool? because offline, yes, I have wanted you to watch this. And you know what's really cool is I think earlier in the week we were in the group chat with Jose, also another friend of the show. Man, I'm just name dropping a bunch of friends of the show. (laughs) You know, he mentioned like you guys should really uh, or that we should uh, review a foreign movie. And this is technically our first foreign film. Not the one I expected because I really thought we were going to do Parasite (laughs) first. (laughs) But I'm totally okay with it. Uh, Yeah, so this movie is from 1985. It is a Italian horror movie uh, directed by Lumberto Bava, who is the son of Mario Bava, who is the famous Italian horror director as well, right? Um, I think he's the guy who made Zombie. Uh, Zombie. Like the original Zombie, not the uh, Italian version of Dawn of the Dead. Because apparently that's what it was translated to, Mm -hmm. or what Dawn of the Dead was translated to. Um, so a couple things to know about Lamberto Bava. He was big in the, uh, movie scene. Um, I'm sorry, the Italian movie scene. He did a lot of horror movies, a lot of kind of like exploitative movies. Like he did things such as, let me see, where do I got it? He was in Blast Fighter, which I guess is the story of a cop that got wrongfully, uh, (laughs) was <laughs> wrongfully sent to prison and when he serves his pres- uh, his sentence he grabs a shotgun and goes on a bloody like revenge uh he also directed monster shark he directed demons obviously since we're talking about it the sequel demons 2 and he just has a bunch of like a bunch of like hindsight is very schlocky kind of hard but it's also weird because it draws it, it like his style is really interesting because it's like a the perfect blend of schlocky horror while still having like this elevated horror like theme not theme but like this elevated horror like influence to it that he very clearly got from the film's producer Dario Argento. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Before I watched this, like years ago, I've heard of this movie and I thought it, and I always thought it was an Argento movie. Um, the only real like exposure i have to argento's work is suspiria which is like one of my favorite horror movies ever oh part of the reason is dawn of the dead and (laughs) you very see it with how fucking vibrant the colors are in both of those films well yeah you also see you also see the the uh the suspiria influence in this as well because just like you said vibrant colors like the the scene of them the scenes of them like in the hallways like leading in like or the corridors leading into the restrooms like in the theater and stuff like that or like the theater with like the like yellowish brownish lighting and stuff like that that kind of stuff really feels like one of the rooms out of Suspiria and um, also just the music that you have like I can't say that it doesn't make me think of like the Goblin score from Suspiria as well. Uh, this movie, despite the fact that it's made by an Italian crew, um, it was filmed in Germany and, um, yeah, like it, it's, it's, <laughs> I guess they obviously wanted to make it feel like an American city as much as possible, but it's very clearly, you know, <laughs> it's in another super country. not an American <laughs> city. 
<laughs> but it, it is really interesting how they uh, shoot the city. I guess it, they, there are certain parts of the movie that are filmed in Berlin. Certain parts are filmed in Rome. Um, but there's uh, they, like they try to to shoot a lot of like the storefronts and they try to do a lot of panning shots. And the thing is, if you watch enough American cinema, you can very you can very much can tell the difference between a European city and American city. Um, even though they, like you mentioned, they did try to film this in a very American style. Um, one thing to note about Argento for any non-fans, uh, this guy, I guess you can kind of, and uh, you know, Angel can definitely throw in his two cents. He's kind of like the, the, uh, he's kind of like the grandfather of this elevated horror trope. Uh, especially with Suspiria. If you've never seen it, it's essentially, Angel could correct me, but it's like about this uh, ballet student that uh, finds herself in like a weird uh, supernatural conspiracy going on at this art school. Um, and he likes, like the thing about uh, Dario Argento, like we were talking, is he, he, he loves to play with colors in his films and that's what makes it very iconic. I don't know um, if it's elevated horror, to be quite honest, but it's definitely, it, it's, it's, it's high art, right, in terms of, like, horror movies. I think, specifically, if you look at something like Suspiria, I think he was saying that Suspiria was basically his version of a Disney movie, which, if you watch movies like, like, the early Disney movies, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, like, that, that'll make sense to you. Like, you'll see, like, what the castle looked like and stuff like that in, in that movie. And and just, like, the really kind of dark underneath in, in that cartoon movie. Like, you do kind of get that, get that with Suspiria where you feel like, you know, like something is bad is about to happen at every moment. And this movie, because that's my only other... Uh, that's my only other reference point for Argento. So I'm very ignorant to a lot of his other work. This is completely like, it felt so different in terms of the kind of movie <laughs> that we're going to see as opposed to what we saw before. Right. Um, so uh, before we get into it, I just want to bring up some, uh, some IMDb facts. Uh, apparently you can actually, the, the Metropole theater that this movie takes place in still is in Berlin and it's a nightclub now called Goya, which is very uh, unfortunately named given recent events in our American politics. But it's actually a site for a lot of horror conventions because of the role it played in this film. And honestly, I just really wanted to read this because it makes zero sense. But this is a trivia that is, I swear to God, actually on IMDb. In Germany, this was released as sequel, Daemonon 2, to second film, which is released as the first part. And I was like, what? <laughs> Did that make any sense to you, Angel? <laughs> no, I, and, and if you watch, I, I really recommend anyone who is able to watch the last drive-in version of this movie, I would. Uh, that's, that's the best way to, to, to experience it because uh, the, the host of that show like, essentially goes through the entire Demons franchise. And there's like seven, there's like six or seven movies in this series. So. Shut the hell up. Are you freaking serious? Yeah. And mostly it's, it's like there's a lot of the later sequels are just movies that started off as other stuff. And then like for the sake of marketing, like they, they would just slap like Demons 5 on it or something like that. <laughs> That's so stupid. 
So uh, yeah, last thing, I, I would I would I would ask people to 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 search that out because they really do go over just some of the specifics on the other movies in this franchise that I don't think we have the brain capacity to at this time. So last thing I did want to mention, this does mean something to you because if I remember correctly, this was one of your favorite PlayStation horror games. You can actually find the Metropole Cinema in, as a building in the first Silent Hill video. I wish I would have seen this movie before I played the original Silent Hill. And uh, I don't even think there's a version of it on in the PlayStation Store, is there? Cause uh, just... I think you got to go and do a PlayStation emulator. It's a whole big yeah. thing. Which yeah. sucks because like that really is one of my favorite games of all time. Like the Thanks, original Konami, Silent Hill. <laughs> Um, but anyway, let's get into this movie. So the movie uh, starts uh, on the subway. Um, I guess it's heading to the station in Berlin, and uh, we're following a you know a woman character who is as of yet unnamed, uh, our red-haired starlet of the film, while the amazing music is playing in the background. Which, like you know, again, if you watch it if you watch this movie the music will be stuck in your head for days because that's exactly like what happened with me um, the music in this movie is really interesting because it's like they did not give a fuck about licensed music <laughs> they were they pull like they they pull billy idol at one point in the film like they have a lot of like well-known 80s songs going on along with of course the the sick ass synth main theme yeah, I know that this was one of the movies that they covered like uh, 15 years ago when the Bravo Television Network, they did their scariest movie moments. They they essentially talked about how this was kind of a punk horror movie. And um, that, I think that's one of the things that Argento is known for. It's just like, it, it's these more avant-garde, like punk kind of horror films. Um, but anyway, she once once our main character gets to this train station, which we find out later that her name is Cheryl, um she is like alone all of a sudden despite the fact that it's like rush hour and everybody's getting out of the train she's instantly alone after a second (laughs) and while she's like walking uh very slowly she hears like footsteps and like the jangling of like you know keys or something Mm. and uh when she sees you know this this character who looks like he's got like a metal mask like welded to his face (laughs) that's when she starts like running away from him and they start playing the music again. So it's like, you feel like you're instantly watching a chase scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it immediately gets you on edge and you're just like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? And yeah. he ends up getting followed up into like the main, I guess, entrance area of the, of the subway of the tube. I think that's <laughs> what they call it in England. That's in England. <laughs> Uh, this is Berlin. <laughs> I don't. I've barely been out of America. Okay, I don't know where fucking Berlin is. Berlin is. Crazy. Calm down. Calm down. I'm gonna fucking just scream. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Kathy is that her name again? Yeah, Kathy. So she. Uh, oh no, Cheryl. Cheryl's trying to meet. Cheryl her is the main character, yes, but yes, she does yes. ask this guy for an additional ticket because this guy is apparently what he's doing is he's just fucking scaring people and handing out free movie passes <laughs> talk about fucking guerrilla marketing dude that shit <laughs> yeah. was bullshit i wish we did that if we ever become filmmakers that's the kind of shit we would do we would just hand out tickets <laughs> but not tell people what movie theater or movies played <laughs> i'm like picturing like you with like a metal mask on one side of your face like 
handing out <laughs> tickets to random people. <laughs> Wearing but, like a moo-moo or something Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she asked for a second ticket uh, from this guy because I guess she's meeting her friend at this train station. Uh, when she gets out, brunette and average-looking white friend. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna say that I think the people in this movie, like the main characters in this movie, they're all pretty good-looking people. And mostly, <laughs> mostly I watch like you know '80s movies, and it's just like people that like their looks are really dated and stuff like that. Like this is kind of dated. Like it's obviously like <laughs> it's when people in Italy like think that like preppy white Americans dress like clearly <laughs> but uh yeah it so so we I guess these I guess they're both students <laughs> and wait Cheryl and, Cappy yeah yeah so they're, essentially they're students and they're gonna they're they're they were gonna meet up and hang out and suddenly they have something to do so they get free tickets to go to this movie at the Metropole um which the and essentially what we get is we get this scene of all our 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 cast of characters right our our um i don't know i don't know what to call them our future victims i guess <laughs> so we get also introduced to george and ken uh who are like you mentioned these preppy american college dudes um never again we don't know what city this really is taking place in we don't know what school they're going to we just know they're college kids because they're hot 20 something year olds <laughs> ken looks like an 80s pete davidson to me <laughs> and see that? george is like yeah and george like literally looks like uh on the weekends he does uh karate tournaments with cobra kai <laughs> what do you mean he pretty much becomes like american ninja warrior by the end of the film <laughs> Oh yeah, this movie. Okay, this movie is fucking great. <laughs> we oh, get to this theater, and and it's like we meet our entire cast of characters besides these guys and these two girls that we're following. Um, among these characters are a blind man and his girl who's cheating on him, which I guess is supposed to be some sort of ironic joke. I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> that a blind guy wants to go watch a movie. It's so weird because this you don't know if this girl is this it, it, she he acts like it's her daughter his daughter but then gets mad that she's hooking up and cheating on him so I, I thought it was his girl who is I thought it was like his daughter because clearly fucking on other people I mean how is she going to catch him I mean how is he going to catch her you know <laughs> Among other things too I, I think it's hilarious that the there's the old curmudgeon couple as well with like the husband who seems both borderline abusive and also just an overall ineffectual dick because his idea of an anniversary outing <laughs> is to take his wife to a free screening of some unknown horror movie. They are just like the unfortunate sitcom couple that's picked the wrong movie to come into. <laughs> Oh, no, that husband definitely, like, has gone to protest at the Capitol building about the fact that he has to wear, like, face masks during COVID. <laughs> oh, my God. He he seems like the kind of guy that would be mad about uh, social justice movements. <laughs> and, uh, Go ahead, talk other, about your favorite character. The other big, well, the other main character I think that we meet here as well is Tony, who is a 
they don't say it, but I guess he's supposed to be a pimp, and the two women that are with him are prostitutes. <laughs> which, oh, you talking about Hannah and Rosemary? Yeah, which I don't get it. Like, I mean, look, I don't, I don't know too much about pimps and prostitutes, so <laughs> I, I, but I can't imagine that they like have family outings like this. <laughs> my favorite part is as they come into the movie theater he just immediately starts like it's just him berating them the entire time <laughs> and he's like shut up bitch like he <laughs> never calls them by their name the entire like first third of the movie he just calls them bitch and tells them to shut up at some point yeah, I I do I do think it's unfortunate that like the only black character in this movie literally has to be this guy. Like, Sit your ass down, <laughs> bitch. I'm just like <laughs> I don't know if I'm impressed or mad. Yeah, no, I was telling Javi that this guy literally reminds me of like the guy who used to do those unforgivable YouTube videos. <laughs> unforgivable. <laughs> and, say it, yeah. You, know, you want to say the line? No, <laughs> no. Uh, so when they're I guess Tony and his girls, I'll just call them the girls. Tony and the girls go inside the theater. And, you um, sound like a WWF trying to retract the fact that the Godfather had the hoe train. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look at the Godfather and these ladies of the night. Ladies of the night. Oh, he was a conductor of some sort at some point. <laughs> of some sort of train full of ladies. <laughs> um, so the, the ladies, they are in the lobby. And um, I believe it's Rosemary who ends up putting on some sort of silver mask. So what the fuck is the props? It's like a doll wearing the mask on a dirt bike with the samurais. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, actually. This movie sounds like it would have been amazing if we would have got to watch the whole thing. (laughs) And uh, yeah, when she takes the mask off after she tries to scare them and obviously Tony tells her to fuck off he like smacks the shit out of her in, <laughs> and not in so many words but pretty yeah much. exactly it's like it's clearly like that is the vibe they want this guy to give off so so rosemary takes the mask off and i guess she's bleeding a little bit on her cheek and then this like ominous close-up on this mask happens right <laughs> right after that mm-hmm. um next thing you know we're inside the theater uh where cheryl and kathy have now been completely like you know, the preppy college boys have essentially just, like, swooped in on them. And, you know, under modern modern circumstances, <laughs> they are frightening individuals. <laughs> like, they feel like they are coming, that they are showing up to this movie specifically to prey on women. And, <laughs> and it was in, the 80s. Apparently, that's how you picked up women back then. I don't yeah, know. yeah. And, and even it's funny, the first time I saw this movie, I hated these characters even more because I didn't get, I didn't really pay attention to the part where Cheryl is kind of into George. Um, so it's like, at least this time, I was like, all right, well, it's not so bad. It's, it's less that these guys are oh no they're not sexually harassing these women but yeah they're not skeeving or creeping on them or anything like that was the first thing i noted i was like wow these guys are 80s dudes without being total douchebags even by our even by our very like puritanical progressive standards well it also this also isn't a movie made by american filmmakers so So they don't make every (laughs) they, they lack that americana to them yeah where it's like all of our like white preppy guys 
where so many of them could literally be like the next sexual assaulter <laughs> or you know uh chief justice of the supreme court <laughs> Ooh, fucking spicy and that's uh, angel's uh spicy political corner <laughs> so we start watching this movie with them in the theater and this movie that's a it's, very bold move for like that's a very fucking like bold move for a filmmaker to do is now you're gonna watch a movie within the movie which i think is one of the reasons why i was into this like you know i what i knew about this movie going in before i'd seen it for the first time was that it was a movie that had a bunch of characters in a movie theater that were actually watching a movie and whatever was happening on screen was starting to happen so mm-hmm but in different ways. <laughs> I do think the plot of the movie that they're watching is fucking dumb <laughs> because the demon from the movie that they're watching comes from the tomb of Nostradamus. <laughs> so, he, so the idea is that Nostradamus foretold the coming of demons and for some reason that also turned him into the source of the demons. And these demons are going to... What was the inscription? They're going to make your cemeteries uh, into chapels and your cities into graveyards or something like that. Yeah, that was into really cities cool or whatever, yeah. And all I remember is I'm like, okay, that sounds kind of cool. Like, that's actually a really cool line. But it's, <laughs> it's super weird because it's they, it just introduced this idea that Nostradamus is just is the the father of demons apparently and it's never revisited or explained ever again yeah Nostradamus is an actual historical figure and I'm pretty sure that he did not cause demons to show up in a movie theater apparently he did predict Hitler if you believe in that you know bad juju (laughs) sure whatever Um, I think the point of that is it's just it's it's something that's gonna launch the movie to where it really wants to go. I'll put it to you this way: the movie's not t- totally interested in all the setup that it's doing. Oh no, um, it doesn't care. It's trying to get to the part where the demons start killing everybody. <laughs> clearly, and you know, despite the fact that this movie is called Demons, it's essentially a zombie movie. Um, these you demons. Know what? <laughs> I'm sorry before I, before I inter- or sorry for interrupting, but that's actually really smart. Like, I felt that that was really cool. Like, if you don't want to bog down your world with the, if you don't want to bog down your, your movie with a bunch of world building and have to explain every minute detail, just, this is actually a really smart way to do it. Is just you present a movie that's like, yeah, this happens in our world. Fucking accept it, idiot. And it's like, it, it frees you up. You don't have to accept, you don't have to, you don't have to um, explain away anything else if the viewers of the film within the film are accepting it as real, then that means you as an audience and watching demons can also accept it, you know? So I thought that was actually really cool. I thought it was a, it was, it's both a cop out, but also a really good like narrative tool, you know? I just think it's a lot more, I mean, you know, if you see a movie called demons, it's like, how many more times do we have to watch Exorcist ripoffs, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the fact, that, the fact that this movie takes the, takes the title Demons and essentially turns it into a zombie movie and mm-hmm. a zombie movie in a different place, right? Like, you know, Day of the Dead, I mean, Dawn of the Dead in a mall, uh, Night of the Living Dead, they're all in a house. Like this mm-hmm. one is in a movie theater. Like it fits in with the zombie genre so comfortably that I'm just totally fine with it. And also <laughs> just... I know that these, I know because it's an Italian horror movie that 
that they are just going to go balls to the wall with like the gore in this film. Oh, and that that did not disappoint. No, so in the- because in the movie we see the scratch on on a character who also wears that silver mask that Rosemary put on. Mm-hmm. And when he's bleeding in the movie, Rosemary realizes that she's also bleeding. Uh, she talks to Tony and Hannah and tells them that she's going to go to the bathroom. And when she's on her way to the bathroom, that's when we get that beautiful Argento, like, you know, Oh, sorry, not, scenery. not Ro- Sorry, it wasn't Hannah. Uh, the friend's name is Carmen. Carmen? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, Hannah is the other girl with the boyfriend. That's right. Um, oh, yeah, that's so, right. Cause <laughs> there's a lot of characters in here and not really a lot of them matter. To be honest, the main people that I'm interested in following, like as a viewer, are, are, four, are, are two girls who are being, you know, essentially on a date with these two prep with, you know, George and 80s Pete Davidson. Pretty and then Tony want, and the girls. <laughs> you want the generically named, like stars or the main characters and you want tony and the girls that those are the seven people to follow in this movie you know what's really great about this movie as well is the character that plays george i mean the actor who plays george we will see him in a future movie on this podcast because Shut the fuck he up, is huh? not tell me he was in a james bond movie he is going to be, yeah, he is at the casino table in the Montenegro casino in Casino Royale. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he speaking is. Of which, uh, speaking of which, I think, I think uh, Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale are also coming to Netflix uh, this upcoming month. So starting tomorrow. <laughs> lovely. What a lovely day. <laughs> All right. Getting back to this movie. Rosemary's in the bathroom and uh, she notices that the cut that she has is starting to swell. And the swelling like just starts pulsating until she has an exploding like zit on the side of her face. And the music starts going crazy. And that's where you see the first person like morph into a demon while it's happening in the movie. And that's all this movie needs to do to really set up the rules. That's it. Anything, anytime this demon touches, scratches, or bites you, you're instantly going to turn into a demon. Which I guess is it's it's that's where it differentiates it a little bit from the zombie movie. Zombie, you have to be bitten. In this one, you don't even have to be bitten. You can get scratched, and the scratch will turn you into a demon. Yeah, because when Carmen goes to check on Rosemary, who at this point has already gone through the transformation, taking her sweet time in the bathroom. She gets like, she she gets clawed at by demon Rosemary and ends up leaving some scars. As uh, Carmen tries to run back to the rest of, or back to Tony and the and the rest of the moviegoers, she kind of gets lost trying to uh, trying to get away from Rosemary, and we get that like awesome scene where she rips through the the screen in the middle of the movie. Uh, all the moviegoers react and a bunch of them run up to her to check her uh, to check on her and she, you know we see her bleeding we see the claw marks and then we get the awesome transformation body horror shot right where you see her nails start growing but it's not like in a cartoonish way like the special effects makeup was really I mean uh, some the, of the special the, the, the effects makeup the, was really cool. <laughs> the sight of her teeth like falling so that these giant fangs can grow, like it, it made me shiver. 
it was so cool and it's like it's shot in a way where it does not look goofy it's not like oh her her teeth just all fall out it's like little by little you see them like just fall out of her skull it's like oh god it was so fantastically filmed you know so she ends up she ends up transforming and at this point I believe this is when the they start attacking Rosemary. Uh, Rosemary and Carmen start attacking the moviegoers, and as they run, you know, everyone tries to flee the the movie theater, and it becomes a total scrum. Which, by the way, this movie theater is freaking ginormous. It's like it looks like one of those like amphitheaters that they do like opera on, right? I love, yeah, it really does. You know what it really made me think of is back in 2011, I got tickets to a free preview screening of the J.J. Abrams movie, Super 8. And that one was at the Castro Theater in San Francisco, which is, I swear to God, looked like this theater. Like, it's just this big, gorgeous, like, movie house that you're sitting in. Um and it was the perfect environment to watch a movie. So for some reason, when I watch this movie, I do think about that, uh, like going to see like an event movie at the Castro. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's really crazy. Like you, cause you don't see that many like cinemas like that. Like no. if you go yeah, to I something mean, like that now, it's, it's an, uh, it's like a big event, right? Yeah. Well, we, we definitely have a lot of those in our area, which is nice. Like, I love that a lot of our local municipalities, like, still hold on to some of these bigger movie houses. But it's definitely, I love the setting of this movie, and it's one of the reasons why I like this movie so much, right? Like, it's, it's, they're, not, they're not in a multiplex. Like, this is a classic theater. That's right. Yeah. It, it's just, and it's like, even the seats look old and authentic. It's, yeah. It's just really cool. It's one of those places that are really hard to find now. And like you mentioned, maybe you love, you're lucky enough to live in a city or close to a city where, you know, you can get a hold of one. Yeah. So the movie really picks off here because now, I mean, there's not a lot of story that we're going to discuss at this point. It really is just like crazy balls of the wall action where Tony becomes like the leader of the group instantly uh everyone runs out of <laughs> run, like you know okay kathy and tony are the ones who 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 make the declaration what's happening in the movies happening to it is happening to us now and they're like yeah now we're they're becoming a demon <laughs> what is, what is he everyone accepts it so <laughs> willingly they're like this is the curse of nostradamus which I'm fine with that. I'm fine. If this is the rules that you're going to play by and like, just like Danny and the T-Rex last, last week, right? It's like, set up your stupid rules of your stupid universe and I will go with it. Except and I will gawkishly at it. <laughs> those were too <laughs> stupid. These ones are stupid, but at least well, the characters... Not too stupid. <laughs> but at least the characters don't feel stupid to me. Like <laughs> My favorite part is that as soon as people start getting bitten, Tony just whips out a switchblade. <laughs> He's like, oh shit, just got real. I was like, oh, people are about to get stabbed so hard. Yeah, I will say it's interesting that, like, you know, as Tony is leading them, he leads them to the front door, then they lead them to the projection room where they find out this movie is being ta da, uh, automatically projected, which I think all movies do that in digital screenings now. But. Now, and but back then, this was, oh my God, no one was meant to be here. And then we get like we yeah, get like, shown... like 
like the projector like literally looked like the bat computer from Batman 66. <laughs> we get shown like the ticket girl, like she's kind of a character, but she like no one ever stops to ask her what's going on, which I felt like was kind of an important thing to do. But okay, fuck it. There's demons, let's just fight. Well, the weird uh, thing too is that like you was when the movie starts and you meet, you know, Silver Mask and the ticket taker, like you think that like all the people that work in this movie theater are a part of this grand like demon conspiracy, but once everything starts kicking off, it doesn't feel like it does not feel like this was their plan. They feel like no, they are also being attacked by these demons. And that's what's weird is I was expecting a you know, I was expecting this to be a part of a huge conspiracy. And by the end, I'm like, oh, this literally just is a zombie movie, but with demons. Because, like, at one point, like, no like no one seems to give a shit. At one point, when they try to run for the exits, they find out they're bricked into the building. So immediately I think, oh, wow, someone had enough time to, to put these people in here. They're going to be sacrificed to raise Satan or some shit, you know? Because, again, we've been watching enough of these, like, demonic movies to assume kind of where they're going. Turns out, none of that. They're just they're just fighting weird demon zombies. Yeah, this has um, been like our hot Satan summer. <laughs> <laughs> My sexy Satan. <laughs> oh no, what was it? The Led Zeppelin, the, the story that if you play Stairway to Heaven backwards, it's a, it's a song called My Sweet Satan. <laughs> so anyway, our, our essentially our group of survivors runs up to the balcony and barricades themselves, ripping uh the ripping out these um what's it called all the all the boots all the seats right and they start barricading the doorways and then they start pulling up ropes uh that are attached to the bottom like i'm assuming it was uh like to kind of draw the curtains um because the the demons are starting to climb up the ropes <laughs> and unfortunately at this point they are hero and number one in all of our hearts tony gets bitten by one of the demons on the leg uh, he manages to to fight him off for a little bit, but then he gets pulled over the side. And then I think it's George who has to kind of cut the rope, uh, letting Tony fall to his death with the rest of the demons. And in yeah, sp- George George essentially becomes the action hero of this movie now. And to the, I love how the movie per, like progressively his clothes get dirtier and dirtier, and he starts mm-hmm. tearing sleeves off of his preppy shirt until so by the. By- <laughs> So by the end of it, he looks like Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, by the end of it, he reminded me of um, Kurt Russell in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Just uh, like, yeah, I can see that. Yep. Just, <laughs> Especially with the sleeveless shirt. <laughs> the pecs are popping. The biceps are looking jacked and juicy. And I'm just like, mmm, cut me off a piece of that beefcake. <laughs> that's actually, yeah, that's actually a good comparison. So I'm hats off to you, sir. Uh, <laughs> while this is happening as well, this movie gives us a completely unrelated and I will argue unneeded <laughs> subplot of a bunch of punks that are riding around in a car who have like the most bizarre like slang that they use like to for each other. Like it really felt like if the mutants from Dark Knight Returns were like written by like people who had never been in america before <laughs> like i don't know i don't like we th- those cartoonish gang slang like I, I just it never works for me and this one oh. just feels 
this just just feels like somebody who doesn't understand English colloquialisms, like making up colloquialisms. You mean when the when the when the mutants used to say "Billy no skag, slice and dice, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. like in this one, they call each other like hot dog, and like, what the fuck is this? You know what it reminded me of? Except I think that movie did it way better. Was how in Heather's like. I forgot who it was like the director wanted it to have kind of a timeless quality. So they use really weird slang, but you can kind of roll with it. Yeah. This movie did. You can't like it's shit that no one says. And it's like cheesy, <laughs> bad shit. And then at one point, you know, they're all sipping out of a, of a Coke can. And then it turns out the Coke cans full of cocaine. <laughs> they are snorting Coke and sipping Coke at the same time. Like, how does that like, work? What the fuck is going on here? And then you have that scene where the driver is like very clearly had too much cocaine. And then while they're fighting in the back, they spill the cocaine all over the place. <laughs> to which like, th- this is a very, th- it's a really weird plot, like subplot to have. All it is is to introduce like these new characters and how they bungle their way in the movie theater and fuck everything up. Dude, the, I swear to God, when I was watching this movie for the first time, I was like, fuck, this has to be like the group of people that are going to show up at the movie theater and they're going to get George and Cheryl and Kathy and, you know, like the main and and Pete Davidson. They, they got, they're the ones that are going to get all of our main characters out of this movie theater. Yeah, that's totally the vibe you get. You're like, oh, these guys must know what's going on. And then they start doing cocaine. I'm like, all right. <laughs> maybe they're getting amped for fighting demons. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're just getting coked up because they're going to be watching the second showing of this movie. I don't know. Because otherwise, why the fuck are we watching this scene? And apparently this is where the most controversial scene of this movie takes place to the point where there's a lot of cuts of this film that don't have it. And mm-hmm. that's the scene where they're all picking up the Coke and how like the Coke is on our female character's breasts. And how they're using like a blade to like scoop the coke up and stuff like that, and it so cuts her in her breasts and stuff. And it's just, it's really bizarre. It very unnecessary, and apparently was so controversial that there's a lot of cuts of this movie where it's not on there. So wait, was that supposed to give me boners? I have no idea. <laughs> I got no boners. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine anybody would get a boner from that. Oh, just a heads up. Apparently, Hot Dog is the, one of the characters' names. <laughs> so the names are, and I literally just looked this up, Ripper, who's the driver, Hot Dog, Baby Pig, and then Nina. She's the only one that has a normal name. <laughs> Everyone else's name is something so stupid. <laughs> So at one point, our fucking quartet of idiots—they get—they get—they get get seen by the police while they're doing cocaine very openly. And when the cops try to get them to get out of their car, they just take off and immediately start running. The cops end up chasing after them, and they go down this alleyway that apparently leads into the Metropole. So they find a door which magically opens, again, thinking something is going to happen here. <laughs> a door that magically opens and our, uh, I don't even want to call them heroes, <laughs> our late additions to the cast, our punks, they just run in and they try to find a place to hide. 
So while they're in there, they actually encounter demonic Rosemary, who I forgot who she attacks first. But um, she ends up getting one of the uh, she ends up getting one of the punks infected as a demon. Uh, meanwhile, our angry curmudgeonly blind guy, uh, we find out that he was also infected. And he becomes a demon and he escapes uh, through the open door, where he gets in. He gets confronted by the police officers. He gets shot, and then uh, we don't see any resolution to that. So after our punks get attacked and immediately dispatched by the demons, the demons start, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. There's this weird story thing or this weird plot where the, the survivors up on the balcony start breaking through a wall and they find a weird like cement brick area that they think is an exit, but it's like a I don't even know what it is. Like, do you, what would you call it? Like a weird, like brick chamber. Yeah, it really feels like some bizarre basement. That like, <laughs> it's like the only part of the theater that wasn't renovated, and everybody starts freaking the fuck out. <laughs> That's where everyone freaks out. And they're like, "Don't you see? We're all gonna die." And if, this and, if, and if my guy Tony was still around, he just would have smacked all of them and told them to shut the fuck up and try to survive. <laughs> shut up, bitch! Whack. You know what's funny is there's a lot of random characters running up to other characters and just yelling things like the other guy's supposed to know. Like I love where Hannah's boyfriend runs up to um runs up to uh Tony at one point and grabs him by the shirt jacket and he goes, I have to find Hannah. And then he just takes off running and Tony's like, I don't even know who the fuck Hannah is. Uh, but speaking of the, that couple they end up trying to escape on their own Hannah and her boyfriend through like through the the uh, ventilation ducts and the entire time the boyfriend thinks that they're being followed by a, uh, by a demon because he can hear the click clack of the nails <laughs> was on, getting, the, on the ventilation shaft I was getting lots of diehard vibes on this <laughs> I know I was like oh man they are pulling out all the stops for a movie that comes out in three years <laughs> <laughs> so you hear the click clack of all the of the demon's claws on the on the on the shaft and at one point the boyfriend tells hannah to go in front because he he doesn't want her to get attacked and then you find out that it was her nails that were making the noise the whole time dun, dun. <laughs> As she turns into a monster, this time the makeup isn't nearly as good as it was for, like, say, Rosemary. Uh, but it's assumed that she attacks and kills her boyfriend and turns him into a demon. Uh, the demons ratchet up their attack, and they uh, the, the, the moviegoers freak out and start trying to destroy the barricades. I think while George is yelling at everyone to remain calm and that they have to work together. Uh, at this point, the demons attack... <laughs> <laughs> with demon tony kind of leading the charge of punching holes through the floorboards <laughs> of the balcony and just kind of being like what's up bitches <laughs> no i love the scene and this is the scene that's like all over the poster and stuff like that the scene where uh where demon tony is like leading all the demons like in the shadows where their eyes are lighting up and then you see the shadows on the ceiling as it's they're walking such a cool shot it's really cool, and they do like two like different shots where that's happening, and, and I love that part of it. 
those yellow eyes, the yellow contacts they have, it reflects well with the light. Again, this is kind of like Dario Argento's thing. And I'm glad we got to see uh, see it in this movie. Is just how he likes to play with light and colors, right? It was just freaking fantastic. So as they get chased through, I think it's Cheryl. No, not Cheryl, sorry. Uh, Kathy. Kathy mm-hmm. uh, appears to have been attacked. Uh, the rest of the group doesn't know. So as they help her out, she starts showing... Um, she starts showing kind of like symptoms of being infected. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up transforming... And I think Ken, yeah, it was Ken that grabs like a, the 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 grate and just starts beating the shit out of her. With it. Yeah, and which, hey, you know, shout out to Ken because as much as he probably wanted to get in her pants, he he knew what time it was. You know what? I will say this: of all the heroes in 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 these like shitty horror movies that we watch, Ken, uh, Ken, Cheryl, uh, George, and Kathy are the least stupid ones. Like you can argue that as far as horror movie, like Cardinal sins go, they did everything right. Well, they're also not selfish. Like they, they, they care for Like normally in these movies, like the person who's infected is like hiding it, you know, from everyone else in the group. It's just like, once these guys are infected, especially Ken, like Ken just tells them, you got to kill me. You got to get out of here. Yeah, I was like, this is really cool. I'm glad to see a not dickhead being in a zombie movie. <laughs> yeah, Ken actually tells George to kill him with the goddamn katana that's right there. And after he's killed with the goddamn katana, that's <laughs> that's where uh, George decides to get on the goddamn motorcycle and ride through the goddamn theater <laughs> using the goddamn katana to get the heads off of some goddamn demons. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a bubble comes in a goddamn katana he's just going around cutting all these demons in half with a fucking katana he like puts it on the side of the motorcycle so as he rides he like slashes that demon he's like driving like up and down like the uh, you know like the different like aisles of the movie theater as he's just cutting them off <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can't ride over seats, but who gives a shit? Because this is really rad. <laughs> yeah, it makes absolutely zero sense, but I am so, like, on, I'm on board. I'm on board for all the dumb shit that this movie wants to do. And, and you know, obviously, anytime you hear me say goddamn so many times, it's it's when the movie is just starting to peak on my ridiculous <laughs> meter. Because it gets even fucking better. When they both fall off the motorcycle and they like, you know, f- and uh, George ends up killing all the zombies, uh, uh, well, all the demons, mm-hmm. uh, you hear like a rumbling in the theater house <laughs> and then you see a fucking explosion and a goddamn helicopter lands in the middle of this goddamn movie theater. <laughs> and this does two things. This tells us that this that this demon epidemic has now it's gotten it's gotten past the confines of this movie theater and it's also telling you just this is gonna be how we finally try to get these people out of this theater <laughs> they're like quick we wrote ourselves in a circle or we wrote ourselves in what do we do just have a fucking helicopter <laughs> fall through the you know, you know what like you know what? last week you talked about a tammy the t-rex was literally just an excuse for the producers to use an animatronic t-rex <laughs> 
this, yes. <laughs> this movie's ending is just a fucking excuse for like Lumberto Baba to use a fucking helicopter. <laughs> you must have just really wanted to tap into that helicopter budget. He was just like, why do we have like $15,000 set aside for a helicopter? Just shut up, I need it. Deus Ex Machina helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the script. But you know what it is? What, what I really like about this, and I, this is what I was trying to tell you earlier. This movie, you cannot tell me this movie didn't inspire in some way, shape, or form uh, Robert Rodriguez and the make from Dust Till Dawn. Like, between the over-the-top violence and the stupid gore and the goofy-looking monsters, like, those vampires totally look like the demons, now that I think about it. But not only that, like, again, name-dropping Eddie one more time, he, he, I think he called it, like, mariachi filmmaking or some shit like that. But it was, like, that Robert Rodriguez thing where he just, whatever he finds on set, whatever they find, like, no matter how stupid of a weapon or or trope or something they use, they just throw it in. Like, they just throw it in the film and they film with it. That's what I felt this was. I felt that the 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 katana and the dirt bike were just something they had around. Like, someone just found it from the props team, was like, yo, I found a really cheap dirt bike and a samurai sword. And then uh, Baba was just like, just put that shit in, dude. It's going to look dope as fuck. And he's right, because it totally does. It's an awesome scene. I love it. It's stupid action. Anyway, sorry. I, I had to gush for a little bit. <laughs> so George, uh, he ends up going into the helicopter, finds the our pilot and our co-pilot dead, but he does manage to find a goddamn grappling <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is the fucking part. I am telling you, this movie is fucking awesome. Like, I normally would hate all the bullshit that happens in it, but this movie is hitting all my goddamn sweet spots. And you know what it really is? You know, like we talk about is just, how I I am definitely a fan of the of the absurd in some of these James Bond movies that we've been reviewing. Yeah. That's that's the sweet spot that this movie is hitting. It's just like it set up its ridiculous rules already. It told me what kind of movie it was. I'm going with absolutely everything it's doing. So by the time we get to not just helicopter, but fucking grappling hook after fucking katana, after a fucking motorcycle, after a fucking helicopter. Just give it to me. Give it all to me now. You know what it does that I like? It's this movie's attitude is you, you don't have to take any of this serious. Our characters will, but you don't have to. Just have fun. And it's like fun, goofy it's shit. It's so you know? much fun. I, I swear to God, I this is one of those movies that I wish I could have watched in a movie theater with other people. Oh, yeah, there would have been people cheering once he pulls up the grappling <laughs> And not to mention, he knows how to use it immediately. He just fucking fires it up into the distance. <laughs> immediately secures it first try. And then he um, he knows how to use the fucking rappel machine to get himself up. Hey, it's an arc, okay? It's an arc. <laughs> so he uses it to look like Michael Keaton fucking grabbing Cheryl just shooting up and like he's goddamn Batman yeah like it really does it feels like Batman like shooting Vicky Vale up on the bat robe 
And as they get up and he manages to get Cheryl up onto the roof, mind you, this whole time he's got like a huge scratch or a bite mark on his arm. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, great, this guy's infected. Like he's dead. Um, when they get up to the top, we see fucking Silver Mask coming out of the fucking blue. And you know what I thought was going to happen? This one, I'm going I'm to tell you what I thought happened. I thought George was going to be infected and I thought he was going to turn into a demon. And so when Silver Mask comes up and just shoves Cheryl, I thought he was going to kill George because he, as he turns into a demon and then Mm -hmm. like Cheryl was going to kill Silver Mask or something, you know, I thought something like that was going to happen. Fucking nope. (laughs) He fucking fight. Like he fights Silver Mask with one arm while grabbing onto the leg. (laughs) hey you know what i fuck yeah george you go for it buddy (laughs) he's like fighting silver ass cheryl comes and helps him and finally they end up impaling him on a fucking piece of rebar killing silver mask saving themselves they manage to uh get down from the roof of the movie theater they see that the entire city has been beset by demons and they get saved by a random family in a Jeep. <laughs> Just this gun-toting family of father and his kids. This crazy, like, you know, uh, Heartland American survivalist family. <laughs> Hi, my name is Johnny Freedom. <laughs> Do you want to come to my farm slash doom preppers area? So he ends up loading the, the, you know, the Cheryl and George ride off, or they they get into the Jeep and they ride off into the sunset, you know, to accompany this family. Um, As the credits are set to roll, we get the, we get our, our intro music. It's great. We, they, this movie, as if it couldn't have been even more perfect. They give us a fucking Michael Jackson thriller moment where the credits are playing and it's giving us a like a panning, like zooming in close shot on Cheryl. And she turns around and we see the demon face. And I thought the movie was just going to end right there. And that was going to be the ending. But no, we see her get fucking murdered and thrown off the car. She gets shotgunned by like a 12 year old boy and just like she falls off like george turns around and huge fake out for me because i honestly thought george was going to be the one to turn into a demon yeah Uh, and and it's it's like you obviously the movie sets up from the very beginning that cheryl is our main character but nope it ended up being george so (laughs) yep and uh, you know they leave her corpse and they drive off into the long dark night and that is demon (laughs) it is a fucking fever dream of absurdity there's a lot of weird goofy shit that goes on in this movie and i think we just gotta we just there you know we got one more question to ask is angel do you like demons Look, we gushed over this movie the entire episode, so we both obviously really liked it. And, and I, I, again, it's it, I, normally I'm not into these kinds of movies. Like these are usually the kind of movies that Javi has to force me to watch, or like that Javi will have spent months telling me to watch. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to watch it, and then I'll watch him be like, yeah, that was kind of good. It wasn't as bad as I thought. No, this time I was the one who saw it first. I said, this is fucking good and you need to watch it because you're going to fucking like this. And I know that Javi wasn't really like believing that, you know, what I was telling him or that it was going to be as good as I said it was, but I fucking knew. 
Uh, this movie, again, it is an exercise in the absurd. It is. It actually makes me want to go and watch some other Italian horror movies. Oh, um, totally. Given that this is a genre here. that I just, I never dabble in ever, right? And I know that Dario Argento, like, Suspiria is only one part of his three, his, uh, I think the Mother's Trilogy, uh, mm-hmm. which is like, kind of like when we talked about the Polanski apartment trilogy it's just like three different movies that take that are around like witches and stuff so I'm curious about that it's 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 definitely not only that it all the bad dubbing and like the outlandish action also kind of makes me in the mood to watch spaghetti westerns again because I actually here and there I do have an appreciation for the spaghetti western genre and those movies are pretty much like this. It's these, you know, threadbare plots with bad dubbing and like crazy action and, you know, English music. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it really does. It's, it's done exactly what I wanted out of this kind of movie and gave me a new favorite, like, you know, one of those horror movies that I want to go back and revisit, you know, every once so often now. So. I'm glad we watched Demons. If you guys knew us, if you knew Angel and I, you would think Angel was the one that suggested Hereditary, and I was the one that submit, that suggested Demons. <laughs> because those these both of these movies are so like far out of our like respective wheelhouses that I find it so awesome that Angel was the one to give me the schlocky <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> And I just gotta say, there's a lot to love in this movie. It's super goofy. It takes itself, the characters may be like serious, like it takes itself serious enough that, you know, you can understand, like you, 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 you take the plot serious, but God, is it just a fun movie? It just has a lot of like goofy things going on. It's just, I I highly recommend it. I, I at least watch it once. If you're a fan of, especially this era in horror, the, that uh, late 70s going into the 80s, uh, definitely high recommend. I thought uh, if you're an Argento fan, if you if you like George A. Romero movies, it would give me a lot of vibes of those. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, if you're a From Dust Till Dawn fan, if you love that Robert Rodriguez movie, watch this movie and see so many parallels between uh, that and Demons. It's fucking it's 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 crazy anyway all right so we'd like to thank you guys for uh you know for 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 listening to this episode of us going over this movie and uh we will be back next week where we are going to finally talk about jurassic park which now that we're giving it an extra week build up i'm even more excited to watch that movie than I was when we were thinking about it last week. <laughs> All right, this time for real, I'm going to finish Jurassic Park the book in a week. <laughs> nah, probably not, but I'm going to give it the old college try. No, but yeah, definitely. I, I had fun doing this episode. It's It's been a long, like arduous, like difficult work week. So the fact that we've got to wrap it up with a movie that was this much fun to watch and talk about, I am 100% down with and uh, really want to thank, you know, all of you guys for continuing to download episodes of the show and continuing keeping us motivated to watch horror movies and talk about them during this months and months long pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Stay strong. Stay the course, y'all. We almost there. I mean, not really, but <laughs> we just got to keep doing it. It's a marathon, not a race. Yeah. Be, 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 
be a Ken in a world full of <laughs> in a world full of that old man who gets like his neck ripped by the demons. In a world of that one dickhead, be Ken. <laughs> <laughs> or be a Tony. Or be a George. They're all really great I characters. I don't know if we, we should really advocate for our audience members to be a pimp. Like <laughs> <laughs> I we'll guess. talk about it later. I'll run it. Well, it's fine. You morphed from a pimp to a survivalist instantly, so you know whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, keep reviewing, keep listening, check us out on Spotify. If you guys get the chance, please uh, get drop us a review on Apple on our Apple Podcast. iTunes, whatever Apple Podcast, whatever. And this, I'm not used to doing this part of the closeout. <laughs> I usually just all turns. <laughs> all right. So we'll talk to you guys next week. All right, take it easy. Later, turds.